Oh. Kimmy, Kim, why don't you do something? <gasps> Susie. No tricks, no treats. Scary monsters. Super creeps. Keep me running. Trick or treat? What does that mean? It means you give us some cash. No sweets, no credit cards. Why? Because it's the end of October. Trick or treat, trick or treat, the bitter and the sweet. Trick or treat, trick or treat, the bitter and the sweet. Welcome to Merry Halloweenmas. Okay, the name doesn't work. It's still just Merry Britsmas, but with a Halloween focus to end October. So many other festive podcasters pivoted to spooky seasonal stuff, I felt left out and thought I'd better get in on the scares, hence the one-off spooky intro today. Bonus points for any of you that can name where the clips come from in the introduction. For our Halloween special, I discuss what a British Halloween is like, a Halloween episode from a classic sitcom about two absolute idiots, and some gothic eerie songs. Halloween is a bit of an odd holiday here in the UK. It's been a thing as far back as I can recall in my life, but it's never approached the levels of celebration I see in the media of our American cousins. Compared to mass trick-or-treating, haunted houses, and strange spooky music and TV that celebrates the massive love of the 31st of October, here in Britain, it's been a bit subdued historically. Many people, I think, looked upon the crassness of an American Halloween with a sneer of disdain, sadly. Perhaps due to the candy obsession, kids rampaging around neighbourhoods, or the cheesy quality of a lot of the media and celebrations. However, this is quite odd, because historically, Britain and Europe have a lot to do with the history of the day, albeit in a much changed and adapted version. One of the historical precedents for Halloween was a Celtic festival called Samhain, spelt S-A-M-H-A-I-N. It marked the end of harvest and the beginning of the darker winter time, traditionally held on the 1st of November, but celebrations kicked off the night before, October 31st. It has deep roots into early Irish myth and legend, first mentioned in the 9th century and celebrated via gatherings, feasts and the openings of burial mounds to signify the opening of the Celtic other world, the realm of the dead and the deities. With this time of year and the opening of the burial mounds, the celebrations became a remembrance, an ode to the dead. Loved ones were remembered and their spirits were asked to join the feasts. Part of the Gaelic celebrations involved carving a vegetable, but pumpkins had not yet been heard of over here on the British shores. Instead, turnips and sometimes potatoes were carved with the faces of the dead and occasionally used as lanterns. The obvious precursor to the modern-day pumpkin jack-o'-lantern. These were then put on windowsills in homes to either remember the dead or to ward off evil spirits. Similarly, bonfires were often lit, and the use of fire to ward off evil spirits at this dark time of year and bring light during dark winter nights was a common ancient tradition. In the UK, we have bonfire nights shortly after Halloween on the 5th of November. This is more connected to a plot to blow up the Houses of Parliament and kill the King of the 1600s, but you can kind of see the continuation of centuries of people using fire to protect themselves in the darkest season of the year. Wearing masks and visiting homes was also part of the Samhain celebrations at the time. 
as explained by Claude Doyle of the National Museum of Ireland. And going around as scary ghosts, and some of them you can see this one has sheep's wool on it and like, you know, making the eyebrows and the moustache. They're, they're mainly male. So yeah, then there's the other ones with horse hair. This one's got horse hair on the, um, uh, for the eyebrows and the moustache. And they'd be often made from flower bags or dyed, you know, a bit of cotton. Another aspect of tradition that continued into the 19th century was divination, the prediction of the future, especially with women looking to find out who their future husband was via some sort of prediction method such as throwing apple peel or using a ring, as explained further by Clodagh again. And of course we all know the barn brack and the barn brack, we have a ring in the barn brack. We have two rings from there. Often it was a pig ring or some sort of animal ring that was in the barn brack or a ring made out of straw. Something very, very simple, nothing elaborate. Um, but the barn brack years ago had much more things in it. Like it wasn't just the ring you're going to get married. There was a coin in it sometimes that you're going to be rich or, you know, a bit of a rag or you'll be poor and, you know, maybe a button, you'll be a bachelor. And, you know, a, a thimble maybe might be in it, you'll be a spinster. A stick might be in it and, you know, you're going to be beaten by your spouse. <laughs> oh, there could be a crucifix in and you could take up religious orders. So in all of that, you're guaranteed to get something. And I wonder whether you'd like what you get. But at least now we seem to have just gone back to just the ring. Eventually, the Christian holiday of All Saints Day on November 1st became popular. And the night before became All Hallows Eve and its own celebration. However, it seemed to steal quite a lot from earlier festivals and celebrations, such as Samhain. Many say that the proliferation of these ancient pagan celebrations were frowned upon by the growing Christian church who used their new festivals to combat the old ones, bringing in aspects of these in order to win over converts and new celebrants. However, others say it was merely coincidence, and the merging of traditions happened through time and culture, instead of an outright attempt to take over. Regardless, to me, it's surely more than a simple coincidence, with a modern-day Halloween seeing mask-wearing, links to the dead, carving vegetables for lanterns, and visiting houses for trick-or-treating. Here in Britain, a lot of these have become more popular in recent years, with many claiming the Americanisation of culture as the culprit. However, if we really look back at the history of the British Isles, we'll see how these things were around a lot longer than the USA had even existed. So in fact, we're just stretching back into our own history. Back to our long-dead ancestors. Appropriate for Halloween, then. A good double act is hard to beat, and they don't come any sillier than Rick Mayle and Aid Edmondson, two anarchic comedians who headed up two of the best madcap British sitcoms of all time in The Young Ones and Bottom. And it's this last one that gave us an interesting Halloween special, a rarity in British TV. For those not in the know, Bottom is a series about two flatmates, Eddie, played by Edmondson, and Richie, played by Mayle. They live together in squalor in a flat in Hammersmith, West London. The two are disgusting, perverted, violent, and the humour relies on all of these things combining into half an hour of childish slapstick that no child should witness. The show ran for three series from 1991 to 1995. A film spin-off was made called Guesthouse Paradiso, and the pair did a stage show as well with the characters. In 2004, it was voted at number 45 in the nation's best sitcom poll for the BBC. The pair discussed continuing bottom into old age, 
as two pensioners hitting each other with colostomy bags. But future plans were halted by the very sad death of Rick Mayle in 2014 at the far too young age of 56. The Halloween-themed episode, called Terror, aired in the third and final series, strangely and so inappropriately, showing the lack of care these guys had for anything that made sense. It first aired on the 13th of January 1995. The episode starts with some trick-or-treaters turning up at the door, dressed as devils, and Eddie doesn't trust them, leading to a plastic devil's trident in the crotch. Trick or treat, mister! What? Trick or treat, you bald any no, I'm sorry, I don't speak child. What do you mean? I mean, give us some sweets. What kind of setup is this? I can't give you sweets, I'll get arrested. Where's the camera? That'd be a trick, man. Give it to him, Damien. Give me what? Too late, weirdo. Ah! Richie thinks Eddie is hallucinating, so he's making a drink to try and sober him up. Right, here we are. Seven eggs. Washing up liquid. Oh. Hint of domestos. <laughs> Jeff Microliquid, where are you? Second ingredient, ant spray. The two then realise it's Halloween, and Richie gets a rather shoddy devil costume together with some sheer tights and some white pants showing underneath, and Eddie gets a banana costume. Why are you dressed as a banana? They didn't have any pumpkin outfits left. <laughs> Give me strength, well, you'll just have to make pumpkin noises. All right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, you'll just have to be mute. What, a, a mute pumpkin or a mute banana? Oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, They aim to throw a party to get some women to come over and get drunk and potentially get lucky, but they need some cash first. There's only one snag, zero cash, hence the great outfits. Uh -huh. Now, this is the plan. Right, you go out, you go to the front door, you ring the bell, yep. they answer the bell, uh -huh. you say trick or treat. I thought I was mute. <laughs> yes, alright, alright, alright. Well, just on this one occasion, you can be a talking Halloween banana. Okie dokie! <laughs> what do I say? You say trick or treat, just cash, no sweets. Oh. And if they give us any trouble at all, I give them a quick blast with the electric cattle prod. <laughs> While out trick-or-treating, they meet their friend, Spudgun, and try to get some cash from him. Trick or treat? What does that mean? It means you give us some cash. No sweets, no credit cards. Why? Because it's the end of October. I don't understand. Look, we haven't got all night. We've got the whole street to do. Now, I've got my tights on, Eddie's wearing a banana, now just give us some cash. Are you on drugs? Can I have some? What? Yeah. We don't seem to be getting through, do we? <laughs> Eddie? Yeah? Where's the cattle prod? The guys are also carrying around a cattle prod to try and attack people if they don't give them money, but it keeps backfiring on Richie, leading him to make rather a mess of himself repeatedly. <laughs> right, that's it. Eddie, Eddie's with his bloody thing on. Um, it's that little lever there. Right. <laughs> You know this is my last pair of tights, don't you? Yeah, well, come on, let's go this way. As long as we head into the wind, we'll be all right. They eventually convince their friends to bring some money to pay for the party. And at home, they're making horrid homebrew beer 
and getting scary for Halloween. Not bad, not bad. Is that bitter or lager? It's hard to tell, but it's taking the enamel off the bath. Mm. <laughs> oh, that reminds me, have you hollowed out your pumpkins? I beg your pardon! <laughs> oh, 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 you mean the vegetable? Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid they didn't have any pumpkins left, they only had carrots. Oh. And Richie is making a spicy dish with a festive twist. Well, I've just got to finish my sprouts Mexicane and we're all set. Sprouts Mexicane? Sprouts Mexicane. What's that? Well, it's uh, sprouts, pinch of chilli powder, jar of curry powder, hint of Tabasco sauce, well, three bottles actually, not so much a hint, more of a party political broadcast, and the secret ingredient, gunpowder. Sprouts? <laughs> they were left over from last Christmas. Da, 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 da. <laughs> It's October! Yes, yes, I know. They were a bit frisky. <laughs> but the spices will cover any embarrassment. <laughs> then the guests show up, which is just two people. Spudgun and their other friend, Dave Hedgehog, played by mini-festive alumni Christopher Ryan, who played Valt the Elf in Santa Claus the Movie. Oh, Christ! Dave Hedgehog and Spudgun! I thought I told you to bring all your friends. Well, we only know Eddie, and we thought he'd be here anyway. <laughs> Come on, two pounds fifty. I've only got eight pence. Richie still wants a girl, and with this disastrous party, decides to try and contact the devil. Oh yeah, and what are you going to do if he gets here? Well, we'll do something satanic and devilly, won't we? What, like trick or treating? <laughs> no, like watching Emmerdale. Yeah, watch. <laughs> no, no, taking him down the pub. No, 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 it's got to be something supremely evil. What, like blowing off in a phone booth and running away? <laughs> yes, yes, that's much more the feel. They think about how best to attract the devil. Right, so, anyone know any virgin girls? No. no. Huh. Anyone know any girls? No. No. <laughs> no, come on, Eddie, what about Ethel Cardio, your paramour? She is neither a virgin nor, technically speaking, a girl. Besides, Rich hasn't been speaking to me since the superglue incident. He hasn't been speaking to anyone much, actually. <laughs> no, shut up, Eddie, shut up, shut up! This is a bloody good idea. So then the guys put on some dressing gowns, light some candles, but most of them struggle to understand what's actually happening. Now, come on, put your backs into it! dressing gowns anyway, we look stupid. They're not dressing gowns, anus, they're cowls. <laughs> I mean, what kind of devil worshippers are you? The ones that don't like wearing dressing gowns. <laughs> they then eat the aforementioned sprouts of evil as part of the ritual, pass out, and wake up near midnight, literally farting fire. <laughs> are we in hell? No, no, it's worse. We're still in the flat. <laughs> well, where's the devil then? Well, he'll be turning up at midnight, won't he? Why does he always come out at midnight? Well, it's chucking out time, isn't it? <laughs> shut up, shut up, look, look! Regard the clock! Here he comes, here he comes! Bloody <laughs> <laughs> <Funny> clock. <sighs> then, knocking at the door, 
and someone arrives in a red mask looking for Dave Hedgehog. Good evening, oh great one. Hello, I'm looking for little Dave Hedgehog. What? Dave Hedgehog. Oh, uh, oh he's, uh, he, oh, he's residing within the drawing room, your blackness. Would you like to come through? Oh, oh. Did you have a nice uh, journey up? Can I get you a glass of sherry? But it turns out, it's not the devil. I think you've made a big mistake here. Yes, I know. I think I leant a little too heavily on the curry powder. No, Mum sent me round, because she doesn't like Dad staying round the loony's house after midnight. What? Look, I'm Doreen Hedgehog. And it's a bit too late for Eddie, who has cut himself to give a drink of blood for the so-called devil, and is now bleeding out in the front room. Look, I don't want to panic anyone, but... I'm rapidly losing consciousness. <laughs> oh, Christ, here comes another one. No, Spucko, no! Mine is Strongbox full of exploding carrots! What? And finally, Spudgun can't hold in his explosive fire fart anymore and lights up the whole place to end on a good old explosion. <laughs> the show is just absurd full of disgusting, raunchy jokes, people being injured left, right and centre. It's just the worst bunch of people, but they are so funny to watch. Mayall and Edmondson are amazing physical comedians, launching themselves around, gurning, taking the ridiculous in their stride. It's worth a watch if you enjoy slapstick and rudeness in your humour. Although the Halloween episode is not scary in the slightest, unless you think about having to meet or spend time with these absolute monsters. It seems like there are so many interesting spooky Halloween-themed or horror-themed songs in American pop culture, from fun monster-inspired surf rock of the 50s, like the Monster Mash, to the likes of Michael Jackson's Thriller. But Britain didn't seem to have any of these sorts of sounds. At first I wondered if I could find any interesting British music with enough of a Halloween spin to talk about, but then I remembered a whole genre that's quite appropriate, gothic rock. A genre that's embodied by dark, foreboding sounds and lyrics to match, often with singers and musicians wearing lots of black, perfect Halloween sounds. I thought I'd focus on four artists and a song from each, some of my favourite, each with a spooky or Halloween twist. First up is the earliest and one of the progenitors of the gothic rock sound who are often described as post-punk, although a lot of their music and tone match the later gothic rock movement that was developing, Joy Division. They formed in Manchester and used sparse sound and frenetic drums, along with the jerky dance moves of enigmatic lead singer Ian Curtis to become idols of the alternative scene in the late 70s. They only recorded two albums before the tragic suicide of Curtis, whose story is beautifully told in the film Control. One of their songs captures the spooky feel of Halloween well, the B-side to the single Shadow Play. It's called Dead Souls. With a title like that and a sound like Joy Division, it evidently has that creepy vibe. Add in the repeated phrase, they keep calling me, and it sounds like something, spirits, demons, otherworldly voices are taking over. Some critics believe it's a reflection of Curtis's real psychological issues and torment, adding an even bleaker twist to the track.
up is Susie and the Banshees, a band who started with a post-punk sound, but by their fourth album, 1981's Juju, became more gothic. And it was on that album that a perfectly titled song appeared, Halloween. The track twists the phrase trick or treat into a snarled refrain that spits anger with a contrast of that bitter and sweet, sung by the ice-cold vocals of Susie Sue herself. It's a great October gothic Halloween tribute. One of the major court figures of the gothic scene were Bauhaus, a band from Northampton. They mixed in dub sounds and psychedelia to the gothic mix. And their debut single is often heralded as one of the best gothic tracks ever, and links to horror in the title alone, Bella Lugosi's Dead. came out in 1979, runs for almost 10 minutes, and is named after the classic horror actor who played Dracula. It's jagged, abstract, dark, very theatrical in quite an overblown way, full of showmanship, a perfect symbolism of the gothic genre. Finally, the kings of the gothic, whose frontman has become an icon of rock itself, The Cure. The Cure formed in Crawley in 1978 and went on to record 13 albums delving from post-punk to gothic rock to pop to new wave. Many of their songs, as well as their style and look, could have fitted today's podcast, but I went with one of my favourites, a creepy, pulsating throb of a song that's claustrophobic and sings of monstrous horror, Lullaby.
The track has never been explained by the band, but it talks about being stalked and eaten by a Spider-Man, and not the great responsibility one, more the giant man-spider-monster kind. So that's our Halloween special for the end of October. I hope you have a happy Halloween. Watch some fun scary films, carve some pumpkins or turnips, listen to some eerie gothic music, and don't get carried away by any ghouls, especially not just before Christmas. November will bring two more festive episodes, and it's time to get full on festive. On November 1st, a whole bunch of Christmas podcasts are dropping on Christmas Podcast Day, so keep an eye out. I may not have one out then, but I'll be sharing some brilliant ones that will be available, such as this one on the Christmas Podcast Network. Hello, this is Art from A Cozy Christmas Podcast. We're the podcast that explores the coziest stories and memories of Christmas. Join me as I invite you to listen in as I read some of the classic stories of Christmas. Stories like The Gift of the Magi or A Christmas Carol, among many others you may not have heard of before. Sometimes I'll have a guest on and we'll talk about Christmas and the stories that matter to them, like the stories of their favorite Christmas memories and traditions. Sometimes I'm joined by my favorite co-host, my daughter Grace, and we'll talk about and try different Christmas foods, play games, or chat about our favorite Christmas movies and traditions. And also teddy bears. So come on in, make yourself at home, and enjoy all the cozy Christmas stories and more heard here at the Cozy Christmas Podcast. You can find out more at www.cozychristmaspodcast.com. No tricks, no treats.